Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We want to thank you for listening to this chapel message. Our mission at Southeastern is to seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. We hope that you enjoy this chapel message and that you will visit our website. It's www.sebts.edu. There you can learn more about our school and what the Lord is doing here. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. I wish I could speak to you in Korean language, which is God's anointed language. (laughs) But if I do, you have to pray for the gift of interpretation of tongues. (laughs) But I chose to speak in English. There is another reason. I firmly believe English will be the official language of heaven. You know why? It takes eternity to learn. (laughs) As you might know, there are so many kinds of English. American English, British English, Australian English, European English, finally Korean English. We call Konglish. But there is another English, the most widely used English, that is broken English. (laughs) And I'm going to use in broken English to communicate with you. Uh, Since God can use broken people, God can use my broken English too. (laughs) I'm so pleased that I can speak at my alma mater school, Southeastern today. Thank you for President Aiken and faculty members and all student body. When Dr. Aiken visited my country, Korea, he made a great impact for all of us. Thank you for visiting Korea, and thank you for inviting me back to Southeastern. Korean churches and I are indebted to the American churches. In the past, during the Korean War, young soldiers from the United States came to Korea fought for Korea's freedom. During this war, 36,000 young American soldiers died. 100,000 were injured. 8,000 were missing. 7,000 were captured. And in total, 150,000 sacrifices were made. If you go to the Korean War Veteran Memorial in Washington, D.C., you will find this phrase in the entrance. Freedom is not free. After this line, you will also find this quotation. Our nation honors her sons and daughters who answered their country's call to defend a country they never knew and the people they never met. As a Korean citizen, I want to thank you for your sacrifice on behalf of our country and the people that Americans never knew. But you did not stop there, but also sent many missionaries to Korea to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in Korea. Many were converted and became Christian as fruit of their ministry, and I tell you, I am one of them. Prior to planting, 
Global Mission Baptist Church Korea. I served as Seoul Memorial Baptist Church, which was established to commemorate the Korean War by United States Baptist Army chaplains and Baptist soldiers who had served in the war. I want to share briefly first how I became a believer of Jesus. I never intended to believe in Jesus, but in my early 20s, in the face of a dark reality of life and little hope for my future, I thought learning English would be very important to open the door to my future. It is because at that time, every corporation in Korea was paying more to employees who spoke English. So at that time, American missionaries came to my mind. If I go to them, they will teach me English for free. So as I was looking into it, they were really teaching English for free. But they used the Bible as their text for English conversation. So I started to learn English by reading and studying the Bible. Every time I went to class, the missionaries would make the memorize one Bible verse each week. So for the first time, I memorized verses like John 1:12, John 3:16, John 5:24, so forth. Even though I did not believe in Jesus yet, I was memorizing the Bible, the scriptures. And every time I went to class, I would say to myself, I will never believe in Jesus. I just learn English. However, there is one thing I did not know. I did not know there was the power of the Bible and power of the world. I didn't know how dangerous the Bible was at the time. I did not know this Bible would change my life and change my destiny. Yes, this book is a very dangerous book. I want to think about the power of the book, the power of the world today from the text from 1 Peter chapter 1, from verse 23, the following up to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. In AD 64, the famous emperor Nero of Rome was persecuting of early Christians and they scattered. Their leader, Peter, who was Jesus' co-disciple, writes a letter of hope to those scattered Christians to encourage them to live with the power of the world. These letters are first and second Peter. In today's passage, I want to think about the power of the world. The title of the sermon today, The Power of the World. What the Apostle Peter was sharing. First, the world makes us born again. At that time, Peter and Jesus' disciples were already experiencing enormous power of Roman civilizations. Rome already started building the road, what they call Egnatia, 
E-G-N-A-T-I, Egnatia, which was supposed to run through all over the world. Roman soldiers were able to dominate the world through the road. However, the apostles saw that power and culture of Rome still did not change people. Roman philosophy, who birthed Seneca and other great philosophers, could not change a person's life. But Peter and apostles saw that whenever or wherever the seed of the world fell, people got saved and changed. So Peter wanted to remind those receiving his letter of this. Let us look at chapter 1, verse 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Yes, the word brings about the miracle of being born again. Nicodemus asked once in John 3, 4, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. He was implying that being born again is impossible. Prior to that, the prophet Jeremiah asked if a man who is used to evil can be changed to a man who does good. In Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 23, he said, can an Ethiopian change his skin or leopard its spot? Neither can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. However, there is gospel. There is the good news. The world changes people. The world makes man and woman born again. When the seed of the world falls into man's heart, man receives new life from the above. The word seed here is sporas in Greek. As we know, the English word sperm comes from this world. When the seed of life falls, new life is born. The world is a seed of life. Martin Ruth was born again through this world. John Wesley was born again through this world. Spurgeon was born again through this world. I really appreciate apologists. However, the world does not need man's apologetics as the world itself has power. Spurgeon says once, the Bible is like a tiger. Turn it loose and it will defend itself. As verse 23 says, the world is living and enduring. And as verse 25 says, the world stands forever. The seed that falls in human body is perishable, but the seed of the world of the Lord is imperishable. First Peter chapter one, from verse 24 and five states, for all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord 
Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you and to me. You and I were born again through this word. The word is the gospel. We do not need to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the word makes us holy. We call this spiritual growth sanctification in Christian doctrine. Just like being born again seems impossible, spiritual growth is also impossible task for human power to accomplish. Growth is even harder than birth, but today's passage is saying that the world makes this miracle of spiritual growth possible. Please look at chapter two and verse two. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. But this spiritual growth does not simply mean growth in size as it does in physical growth, but it brings reformation and change in humans in a holistic way. As you see, verse one, chapter two, verse one, it helps us to get rid ourselves of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. The word of God truly makes us holy. This is the power of the world. We call it revival. When many people experience the power of the world powerfully, clearly, and consciously at the same time, we call revival. I want to share a little bit about the Korean church revival. Robert Germain Thomas, an Englishman, introduced the Bible for the first time to Korea. He was part of the London Missionary Society and Hanover Church in Wales. He had the burden to reach out to Asia after he experienced the Wales revival in England. However, in 1866, he was martyred as he was trying to enter the port at Pyongyang in North Korea on board the ship General Sherman. As he was dying, he cried out, believe in Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he threw Chinese Bibles that he was holding in his hands. A man named Yongsik Park was one of the people who took the Bibles. And he used the Bible as wallpaper in his house later. Think about this. No matter if he's sitting or standing, he will be reading the Bible. Yeah. Ceiling, wall, even floor, the full of Bibles. And he became a Christian through reading the Bible. Few years later, famous missionary Samuel Moffat helped to him and others spiritually, bought his house and made it into the very first church of the city 
named Noldari Church. And this church later becomes Changdaeyeon Church as Koreans remember. The story does not end there. In 1907, the most amazing revival movement in human history broke out at this church. In January 1907, they held a Bible conference for two weeks in the church. Speakers were missionaries from Canada and the United States. But one day, before they ended the conference, one of the Korean lay leaders, Kyo Sonju, Sonju Kyo, was given opportunity to give his testimony. He confessed. He stole $100 while he was taking care of the finance of his friend who had just died. When he confessed his sin, the powerful presence of the Spirit came, and all the people there and here there cried out, cried out, and started confessing their sins. The great holy fire came upon them, and this fire consumed everyone's sins and made the heart of the people and the family clean and new. This holy fire spread all over Korea where many, many people repented, came to church, and new churches popped up just everywhere in every city in Korea. And this revival, Pyongyang revival, became the foundation of Korean church today. And thirdly, this world makes us priest, priest of God. It is certain that the word of God brings us the miracle of growth and change. But there is one condition. You need to crave the word. In today's passage, chapter 2, and verse 2 teaches us to crave the word like newborn babies. Newborn babies crave milk in the morning, in the evening, even in the middle of the night. Think about a crying baby's hunger who is craving his mom's milk. Are we craving the world in the same way? Eugene Peterson notes that the word in the Old Testament used for meditate is haga. This word is translated to growls in English. Isaiah chapter 31 verse 4. As a lion growls, a great lion over his prey, P-R-E-Y. Eugene used the word growls analogous to how a dog in hunger would repeatedly licks the bone of his prey. Just like babies who taste their mother's milk and just like hungry lions who taste their prey, we cannot leave the taste of the world. And eventually, we experience God's goodness and the depth of his love through the world. This is what chapter 2, verse 3 is saying. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, but they cannot end there. 
And finally, they become priests, priests of the world, and share the power of this world. 500 years ago, church reformation took place. And one of the mottos of reformation, as we baptize the cherries, priesthood of all believers, let us look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 and 9. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's verse 5. But verse 9 says, But you are a chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is what happened in Korea. When they experienced the power of the world, Koreans became Christians who faithfully declared the gospel. And this small country became a nation who sent some most missionaries second, second after the United States, close to 30,000 missionaries now. There was one lady who experienced the 1907 Great Revival. She really wanted to evangelize, but she was illiterate. She cannot read, she cannot write. So she prayed, Holy Spirit, I want to share the gospel. Please help me. And God gave her wisdom. She went to her close friend and asked her to mark John 3.16 in her Bible. And she visited a middle school in front of her house during lunch hour and after school, would ask a student there to read scripture verse she marked. And she said, I cannot read. Please read this verse for me. And if they read it to her, she asked if they knew what it meant. And she explained the gospel. She led hundreds of students to the Lord this way. And whole school was evangelized. This is the power of the world. I hope you become an army of the Lord captivated by the word of God while you are studying here in this school. Please do not hate professors who teach Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> I used to do. Please do not. And learn exegesis of the Bible faithfully and prayerfully. The world that changed me, changed my country, Korea will change your country, the United States, again. 16th century reformer cried out, sola scriptura, only scripture, which is only the scripture for the dark era. The world changed Europe. This is a time when we need the world again. In 1993, I was in Maryland. I was pastoring Korean American church there. One day I was praying and meditating the word of God. God told me to go back my own country before you become 
50 years old. So at the age 49, I went back to Korea uh, <laughs> to plant new church. On that morning, God made me to read Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. Call unto me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I kept a promise in my heart. I went back to Korea in November 1993 and began to study about where to plan new church. Last church in my life. The Lord led me into the suburban area of capital Seoul and uh, the Lord led me that area two satellite cities Suji and Pundang and population of there was altogether 300,000 300,000 as my wife and I were praying we asked God what were great and unsearchable things he had prepared for my new ministry. Somehow, God led us to have church planting goal that was to reach out one-tenth of that population of that area. That would be 30,000 out of 300,000. As we continued to pray, we began to raise one-tenth of those 30,000 as devoted disciples who will truly dedicate to win souls and care for converted souls. So we prayed, Lord, give me 3,000 cell groups and cell group leaders out of 30,000 saved members. As we continued to pray, we began to hope 300 of those 3,000 devoted disciples, cell group leaders, would be sent out as cross-cultural missionaries. So our church adopted what we call Plan 333 Vision, according to Jeremiah 333, chapter 33 and verse 3. 17 years later, we became a church that worshiped in four different locations, multi-locations, with seven services each Sunday. For our 17th anniversary celebration, we rented Korea's Suwon World Cup soccer stadium so that we could gather in one location all together. 31,000 people gathered with 3,000 cell group leaders and more than 300 cross-cultural missionaries there. Maybe I could show you little pictures of the, our uh, multi-location churches and this great meeting of the uh, soccer stadium field meetings. Can you show us some pictures? I will wait a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the, our main chapel. 
Another one, the another campus, Suji campus. Another one, yes, that's uh, University Chapel. We are holding for the reach out student. Another one, uh, that's Pilgrim House, our retreat building. Dr. Aiken has been there. And we have a Pilgrim Progress Park there, the only one in the world. So if you visit, you will be excited. Yeah, and another one. This is the soccer stadium meeting. 31,000 our church members all gathered together celebrate what God has done. Next picture, maybe. And Dr. Aiken is preaching <laughs> in my church. <laughs> yeah. Yes, God has been faithful. God literally answered our 333 vision. Great and unsearchable fruit of God, according to Jeremiah 333. Hallelujah. For he has done great things for us. The honorable nickname for Baptists is people of the book and people of evangelism. I challenge you today, please be that people of the book, people of the book, and people for lost souls. Be captivated by the power of the world and proclaim the world. You may all remember great Baptist missionary, William Carey, who made great impact in global Baptist mission history, along with Adoniram Judson, who came to India and Myanmar. I want to remind you of his challenge to us here today. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Thank you very much and God bless Southeastern. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for giving us the scripture, the great word of God. We thank you to make us born again by this world. Thank you to make us holy through this world. Thank you to make us priests of God by this world. I thank you for American churches who send out missionaries to the ends of the earth, even to Korea, my homeland. Thank you for the Southeastern who prepare the word of God for your kingdoms. Thank you to make us a great team for the great kingdom of God. Thank you for sharing the word of God today in this great divine institution, Southeastern. I ask God to bless America. I ask God bless Southeastern continually. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again for listening to this chapel message from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you are thinking about theological education on the undergraduate or graduate level, including doctoral studies, 
We hope that you consider us. If you also find these chapel messages encouraging and a blessing to your walk with Christ, we hope that you will consider financially supporting Southeastern. Our graduates are literally serving the kingdom across this globe, working to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Your gifts will help to train more, and they will serve as a worthwhile investment in God's kingdom. You can find more information about attending Southeastern or supporting us financially at www.sebts.edu. We covet your prayers and trust that God will bless every good work you do for His glory. Thank you for joining us in our chapel services.